This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 9.30 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at mylifechangechurch.tv. This is Pastor Ron Rands. Thank you. Well, today I'm going to share with you something that the Lord has really been prompting me, in fact, all week long, ever since uh, we've been hearing and all of the activity that's going on globally. And I want to, um, in a moment, I want to be praying for the, our government, praying for the, our doctors, our nurses, our, our school staff. And there's just so, many, uh, so much activity that is actually underway and things that are unknown. But, you know, in these moments, the Bible isn't unclear, but the Bible's very clear. And we're going to be turning to the Word in just a moment, too. It's so important for us to remember our training. In fact, that's how I labeled this message today. Early this morning, the Lord gave me this title, Remember Your Training. And so many of us, maybe we're young Christians. Maybe we're new. Maybe we're here today and we're watching this and and, uh, we are maybe aware of what the word Christian means, but we don't really understand how to hear God's voice. In fact, we may be uh, very, that might be very foreign to us. But to be a Christian isn't a label or a a social gathering of group of people. Being a Christian means to be Christ-like, to understand the presence of God in our life. And maybe uh, you're here today and watching us and and recognizing that there's a presence of fear. And I don't want to deny the presence of fear. In fact, I want to address it. Since this whole uh, coronavirus has been going on and and there's so much discussion about it, I wouldn't lie to you to say that there hasn't been a presence of fear that's tried to come into my life. Not so much the fear of the coronavirus, but what does it mean? What does it mean to me? What does it mean? In fact, I never thought today we would be in a service that's uh, empty, that I would be addressing an audience Um, that's not an audience in the four walls, but addressing an audience outside. And, you know, it goes back to uh, when we think about, we started this whole series in 2020, and uh, the Lord gave me a word back in 2019 about us and them. And then in our 2020 vision message series, it was talking about having a vision of recognizing that in Acts 2020 that Paul says, I did not shrink back from giving you the message or the clarity of the message in the assembly and in the homes. Today's message is most of you is for you in the homes. And there's a, there's a few out there. In fact, maybe you've heard a little bit of clapping and going on and stuff. There's a, a few that have congregated. And I know I thank you for your moral support of your pastor. I love you for that. Uh, but for the most part, I believe this message is going to be touching the thousands and thousands and thousands in the times to come because it's a message of hope. It's also a message of understanding that in the time and the season in which we live in, and it goes along with that us and them, which means how do we reach them outside of our walls? We are definitely doing that today. And to recognize the importance of being uh, literate in the Word of God. This week I had an um, opportunity to be with a young man in our church who's been coming here um, for a while, but 
by his own admission, he had very little understanding of the Bible. Very little understanding of the Word of God. And I want to share with you today how important it is for us to have the Word of God in our life. It is God-breathed. Today, this virus is man-breathed. In fact, it's so, everybody is so uh, fearful of it because they don't want to get around the breath of someone carrying that virus. But I want to share with you, there's something that's unseen too. Even though this virus is unseen, it's real. But there's a whole other unseen world out there that's very real too. And it's the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus in our life. Last week we were um, sharing, and we had, in fact, uh, if you were not uh, part of the second service, I apologize, but God had given me a demonstration in the second service that wasn't in the first service. And that was these two trash cans on the stage with a chain and there was a padlock holding those two chains together. And the whole point of the message was, is that we need to, Matthew chapter um, 16 talks about bind, whatever we bind and whatever we loosen. And again, talking about the understanding of we need to bind God's promises on our heart and loosen, be loosened from the passage of the enemy into our lives. And this fear and this, these, uh, this virus, and these things are very real that are going on. And I'm not trying to discount at all the presence of, the, uh, of this fear or the presence of this virus. In fact, even more so, I'm here to say that, look, I don't know what steps or how further you, how much fear you've stepped into, but let's take a step towards Christ today. Let's take a step towards the truth because the truth can set us free from the presence of the enemy. Again, recognizing it is real. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And, And those in the audience today that maybe they don't have an understanding of the presence of the Holy Spirit God, I I pray right now that you would help them right in in this moment. We invite you, Jesus, into our life. We surrender our lives to you, Jesus. It is you that is the moral compass. It is you that helps us find the gravity of understanding. You are the creator. You're the one that authored life. And we look for life in these scenarios. In the very beginning, there was chaos, and we read that in Genesis chapter 1. We, we, we understand, in fact, more so than ever probably now, the, the understanding of chaos with our, what's going on in our schools, what's going on globally. Um, but we turn to you, and we ask that our eyes could see you, Jesus, the unseen, but our eyes could see you in our heart, that we would have understanding of your presence in this situation. That we don't lose sight of how great you are and that you want to lead us in the presence or even away from fear into the presence of hope and peace and love. How can you prepare a place for us to banquet with you in the midst of the enemy? How do these passages that are in Psalms and in Genesis and, and in, in the book of the, in the Gospels, how, how do they become real in our lives unless that you breathed on the prophets of old and the teachers of old, and as they wrote from your breath of God inside the presence of who you are in their life, I pray that same presence, whether we're watching on TV or whether we're even here in this small little group or we're in a small group right now, 
that we would recognize and grab hold of your presence if that is real and evident. And we thank you that there's nothing more real than you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to open up to, to a, a few passages here today. And I'm going to try to go slow with you so that you can even ha- take time to turn there. Or obviously you can go over there and if you're having the, the you can even repeat it and hear it over and over again um, on Facebook Live. But today uh, in Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourself, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy, well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Do not be conformed to the world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed, progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on the godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what is the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Another passage I want to turn to you with you uh, is 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. And I referenced it in prayer just a moment ago. All scripture is God-breathed. It's given by divine inspiration. It's profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience. This is one of the words I want to share, talk about is that, you know, don't forget your training. For training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly, privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage, so that the man of God may be complete, proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. You say, well, pastor, what, is, what does that mean for me today? Well, um, yesterday I was on the, the phone with my mentor, which I would really highly recommend that you be finding. And my mentor is being Pastor Dwayne Vanderclock, and we were uh, just discussing about church and, you know, what, what, what's next for the church and I, and I referenced him, and as he answered the, the phone, I says, I want to talk to my friend that uh, one of the first, you know, one of my first uh, uh, moments with you is, that, is on a mountain in Mexico. And uh, there was a woman that was caged because of a presence of the enemy in her life. I want to talk to that man that threw me in the cage with him. And then that uh, I want to be acquainted with the fearless man that recognizes the presence of God in his life more than the presence of the enemy. Can I talk to please that man, my mentor? And we laughed about it for a a few moments. But it's important that we realize that, you know, it's these times that we need mentors. And that's why I say, forget your training. Well, maybe you're here and you're watching. You don't have any training in God's word. Maybe you don't have any understanding of, of the breath of God. Maybe you don't understand, or, or even when I'm referencing to 2 Timothy 3, or Matthew chapter 16, or Romans chapter 12, and, and maybe when I'm talking about the Apostle Paul, or I'm talking about Jesus, that all of that, you get lost in it. I want to share with you that Christianity is about being sensitive to wherever you're at. If there's one thing that I'm, I'm learning is that Jesus Christ was all-knowing, 
all understanding, full of, he, the Bible says that he was so full of the Holy Spirit and yet he could be sensitive to the very moment where everybody's need was. In a moment, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 14 and we're going to reference a time where Jesus was in great distress, great emotional distress. And maybe that's where you're at today and you're, you're feeling such great distress, emotional distress. Maybe there are things that are just so chaotic, but how can we be like Christ and do what Jesus did and turn to what Jesus turned in? In fact, we're going to find out that when he went through this moment, he, he himself, Jesus himself, who's full of the Holy Spirit, turned to daddy, God the father, to get a reference point because everything around him was unraveling. Everything around him was chaotic. Everything around him just seemed to be unraveling. And boy, it seems like a lot of what's going on today. And so when I, I share these things with you, don't, don't feel you know, a, a, a reference of insecurity or even fear of going, well, I don't, I don't know those things, Pastor Ron. I'm still turning to my mentor. I will always turn to my mentor. My sons and my grandkids will always be referencing and to, you know, looking for someone that can help them in their next step. And so that's why we have small groups in the church. That's why we, we have our website you can turn to. That's why we have Epic Children. We are always trying to help people wherever they are, just like what Jesus did. Whether they were lepers, he met that person right where they're at. Whether that person was caught in adultery, caught in sin of itself, lost in sin of itself, and Jesus met that person right where they're at. Or his disciples who had been walking with him for three years and still helping them and say, look, you need to grow. And, and maybe you're in the gamut of one of those situations, I guarantee you, or somewhere in between. But I guarantee you, God is wanting you to take your next step. In fact, at the end of the service today, I'm gonna reference a song that the Lord really quickened me again to is onward Christian soldiers. And I never really, I was Lord. I mean, that's just an old song. And I, and I all of a sudden I, I looked in and I Googled, which is so cool. We live in that time. We can, we can Google these songs. We can Google the Bible. We can look, look at all these things. There's so much we can learn. And also there's so many things we should unlearn. And I turned to this song and onward Christian, but I love just the reference, onward. We, we talk about next steps all the time in church, and, but it's the same thing. It's onward. God is, is looking for help us to go onward in our walk. And, and what that looks like, I'm not sure. In fact, I never really saw myself in this place where a church, or I'd be a, a pastor of a church, that was the doors were shut. But they're not Shut. God knew this time was coming, and so he's allow, he, he, he allowed a, a new way or a new place where we could be streaming it, we could be meeting in our small groups, but the message isn't about inside the walls. The message isn't about hearing an inspired speaker. The message is about being God-breathing his word, whether you're in a home right now, whether you're watching this in your car right now, on your phone, or wherever you're at, it's allowing God to breathe inside of your life his truth. He can do that in a singular situation. He can do that in an assembly, but God knows how to do that. Allow God to breathe this truth inside of your hearts. In fact, I believe that we should be watching this over and over. And I think that this, this message will be one that we, for years and years, will be a catalyst of, of, of helping us to realize, remember your training. Remember 
your training. Matthew chapter 14, Jesus had just got news that his cousin, John the Baptist, and, and maybe that doesn't really mean much to you, uh, or, or maybe you have a little understanding of who John the Baptist was, but John the Baptist was Jesus, uh, by, by human standards, his physical cousin. And John the Baptist was one of, one of very, 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 very few people that was about the kingdom. And he was literally preparing the way for Jesus. And, and Jesus just got wind or just got news that he has been beheaded. And that he, which means he is, he's dead. Um, Herod the king has, has ordered his death. And we don't have time to go into the, that scenario that, that's immaterial, but it's an emotional time for Jesus. It's a, a time of, 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 of wondering. It's a time of trying to find your, your, your groundwork again and your bases and, and realizing that Jesus knows that his time is short. And, you know, and you might say that new news is coming, that he knows that old news, or, or I would say that what God had spoken and the kingdom of God has spoken inside of Jesus was beginning to start taking on new chapters in his life. You know, I, I believe the, the Holy Spirit is always getting us ready for new chapters in our life. You know, again, I, I recognize whether it's called next steps or onward Christian soldiers, but Jesus was, was ready to take a step onward in his path. And John the Baptist being beheaded was one of those catalysts for that. And today I believe that we're in that same place. We're in a, a place where small groups takes on more meaning than ever right now. Or meeting in your home takes on more meaning than ever right now. John chapter 14, verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. As soon as Jesus heard this news, as soon as we hear the scenario of coronavirus, or as soon as we hear that the church doors are shut, or as soon as we hear that the schools are, are shut, or, or as soon as we hear this news, is, is, do we do like Jesus, try to find that place with God? That, that, that quiet place with our daddy in heaven? To, to quiet ourselves when everything is so loud and so uh, chaotic. Jesus is himself going, I, I need to get away and, and, and get some groundwork with my daddy in heaven. Yet, he wasn't allowed to do that. And maybe you're a mother and, and now uh, you're hearing about the coronavirus and you're hearing about all of the activities and, then, and yet you want to take that time, Pastor, like Pastor Ron said, I want to get my alone time. And all of a sudden now you've got kids at home. And you're saying things even got, you know, from chaotic to even more chaotic and crazy. Well, what did Jesus do? I, I love this passage because, you know, we can turn there forever and ever and it will really open up a, a pathway of understanding. Jesus saw the huge crowd. Or maybe it's your children. Maybe that's your huge crowd. Or maybe, it, you know, it's, or maybe it's your workplace. He saw this huge crowd. He stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Do we have compassion on our coworkers as they're so filled with fear? Do we have compassion on our, on our neighbors? Do we have compassion on even the, the saints that are, all they're doing is they're, they're struggling. They're not talking about Jesus. They're talking about the virus. 
Do we have, Jesus was moved with compassion. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food. You can hear Jesus' heart. He goes, I just want my own alone time. I just want to, I want that space. And, you know, and, and the disciples were looking for that space to be just with Jesus. And Jesus said, this isn't, this is, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people, sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves. And we know the story, or maybe you don't, but it's a newer one. But for most of us, it's this miraculous moment where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And many times we can get into this story and, you know, lose sight that this is the same Jesus that still mourning the loss of John the Baptist. Verse 22, it says, immediately after this, immediately after he had fed the the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. He's still looking for daddy time. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. He had sent them to the other side. They're in, the, in this water and, and they're in this big lake, kind of like Lake Michigan. For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting these heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Maybe that's where we can really relate to this passage. And now even uh, sharing with uh, some of our elders this morning, you know, for some people that, um, that struggle with health problems already, and, you know, and some of us that don't, you know, I don't, I don't struggle with those, I'm, you know, and, but those who struggle specifically with respiratory situations and this, this particular virus a- attacks that area and it's, terif- it's terrifying for them. Not just fearful, but terrifying for them. These disciples, these are, these are men of God. These are men that uh, were, were uh, with the presence of God, the understanding who Jesus was. And yet all of a sudden things, I mean, just, we're, we're not even talking just hours away from seeing the most miraculous, one of the most miraculous events. And they were present, by the way. They're the ones that, that help with the breaking of that bread. They're the ones out there feeding those thousands. So they weren't, they weren't just an audience. They were present with the miracle. And just hours later, isn't it kind of talk about us? When one minute we can be so full of faith and so full of what I mean, understanding, so full of the presence of love and hope and peace. And just a few hours later, all it takes is just our circumstances. The waves in this case. And, we, and we've got a lot of waves that are just sound waves right now. They're not water waves, like their words. They, they had water waves, and they were terrified. The boat seemed like to be sinking, and, 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 but we got sound waves. And, and sometimes it feels like our, our ship is sinking. Well, maybe it's our, our finances are sinking. Or maybe we don't know what to do with, with, with our kids and what to do with our, you know, in our, in our, our scenario or what to do with our church family. But nonetheless, it's, it's that it feels like it's just, it's unraveling and, and the disciples think it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And then verse 27 said, but Jesus spoke to them, don't be afraid. He said, take courage, I am here. Can you let those words sink in your heart right now? Don't be afraid. Take courage, 
Jesus is here. And I, 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 I talk about this passage all the time. And, and it's, it's not what we hear. It's what we receive. And maybe you're hearing this right now or watching this, hearing it. But are you receiving it? You know, in, in this, I love this passage. Then Peter called to him, Lord, is it really you? Tell me to come and walk on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter, over the side of the boat, he went and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Lord, help me. So let's, let's kind of just break this apart. Because I believe we're, we're in the midst of the same kind of storm. It's not a, a, a physical storm of waves. But if we could say that our life and we're in, the, we're in a vessel and that we're um, uh, leading in, in our, our life, or whether it be our marital life or our single life or our, our raising our children or, or our finances in our workplace or whatever scenario we're in, and it just, the sound waves and, the, and everything that's going on is just so chaotic. And it feels, feels like the waves are coming into the vessel and that we're sinking and that we're looking around at our surroundings. I'm not here to get you to deny your surroundings. Jesus didn't want them to deny the surroundings. In fact, he knew what was to come and he walked over those surroundings because we're, you know, and I, I like these passages because they help us understand that God says, we're not of this world. And, and I don't want to sound ridiculous right now, especially for some of you that maybe are brand new to Christ. But what that means is that God wants to breathe inside of our life truth. He wants to breathe an understanding in our life. That he wants to speak to someone like Peter and say, Peter, that you know what? That my ways for you means that you can walk on water with me. And then we realize that as Peter began to look at his circumstances, began to look, and he, it wasn't that the circumstances had changed. They were still wind and waves. But as long as Peter had his eyes on the prize, as long as Peter had his eyes on Jesus Christ, he could do the impossible. He could have peace. He could, he could literally... Walk above his circumstances. In fact, you know, Ephesians says that Jesus has seated us in heavenly places. And, 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 you know, above this stuff. And it doesn't mean that it's not below us. It doesn't mean that it's not even around us. It just is telling us that God can breathe in our lives and that we can live. In fact, I was going to start a message series today. It was called The Full Life. And I will be, uh, I know that I'll be doing that in the future, but, but it's the full life. We can live a divine nature. Second Peter chapter one, please turn there in your own studies. But it tells us that we can have this, this life and we can grow and mature and spiritually be onward Christians. Onward and taking a step. And so again, I, if that fear is gripping you today, begin to take your eyes off the fear and begin to put your eyes on Christ. And that even though you may start sinking in fear again, reach harder for him. Take courage. He is present. The presence of God is here. The presence of his love. The presence of his hope. 
And I'm going to uh, read the lyrics and close in here of, of the song that the Lord prompted me to turn to this morning, early this morning. Onward, Christian soldiers. And you know, in the first thing that the Lord had given me now, and it was the title of this message, Remember Your Training. And as a child, I grew up with a song. And I know that you can look at me, and especially now you can see, I'm no longer young, I'm old, and I'm, but I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for the leaders in my life. I'm thankful for the ancestors. I'm thankful for Children's Church that taught me a song that even today is bringing on new meaning. I'm thankful for my mentors like Pastor Dwayne Vanerklok. I'm thankful for my small group moments. I pray that you would learn how to turn and realize that there are people in your pathway. And if you don't know any people, get introduced to them in a small group. Never has there been such a wonderful time to be part of, of these small little clusters, these little groups where we can recognize A, the presence of God and B, recognize how we can learn and, and, and not only that, but we are greater and we are stronger. We are better together. Let me read these lyrics and you can Google this. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. At the sign of triumph, Satan's host doth flee on these Christian soldiers on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices loud in anthems raise. I want to um, share that was the second phrase and second um, chorus. And, and when we look at this message and we look at this uh, truth, this onward Christians, soldiers, Satan host doth not, doth flee on these Christian soldiers on to victory. It's onward. Let me read the first onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the royal master, leads us against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners go. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. At the sign of triumph, Satan's hope doth flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundation quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body, we. One in hope and doctrine, one in charity. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus, going on before. What the saints established, that I hold for true. What the saints believed, that I believe too. Long as earth endureth, men the faith will hold. Kingdoms, nations, empires, in destruction rolled. Onward, Christian soldiers, 
marching us to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Crowning thrones may perish, kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus constant will remain. Gates of hell can never against that church prevail. We have Christ's own promise and that cannot fail. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Onward then ye people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory loud in honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages, men and angels, angels sing. This song was written in approximately 15 minutes to a teacher that was going to lead students back in the 1800 across a bridge. And he was looking to build a, you know, kind of a, a triumphal march so that these kids would have a rhythm song that they could sing across this bridge so that they could meet students in another school on the other side. Little did he know that a hundred years later in World War I, would this be one of the most famous songs that would raise a, a, a land and raise a people to understand the importance of onward Christian soldiers. This song has been sung so many times, a hymn. What song is God putting in your heart today? What word or what promise is he breathing in you today? Onward, Christian soldier. Go onward. Face that battle strong. Father, I'm so grateful I am so grateful that men and women in my past, Father, that have raised the banner of Christ. I am so grateful for the truth of your word. I am so grateful, Holy Spirit, that you breathe the message inside of our hearts that you are present. Your peace is present. Your love is present. Your hope is present. We stand against in all the storms that are in our life, the chaos and the uncertainty that we face. We don't deny its existence, though the waves are turmoiling around us. But Jesus, we want to be of good courage because of your presence inside of our... Jesus, we invite your presence today if you're watching this. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you do know him. But the presence of his love or his hope and his peace just seems to be weaned. Take courage right now and invite him in. We invite you in, Jesus. We invite your presence of your Holy Spirit in our life. We pray that your truth and your word, your message of hope is evident and present. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you breathe truth in our lives. We thank you that that truth can set us onward as Christian soldiers throughout the weeks to come. I pray for the students that are home and even those students right now that 
don't, are, are facing even hunger issues. God, I pray that there be answers. God, I pray for the government. I pray for the leaders of our government. I pray for the, those doctors and nursing that, and staff that have to, and the chemists that have to face these scenarios. God, I pray that God breathe wisdom and insight. I pray strength, Father. I pray that you would, Psalms 91, Lord, that they would be in the shadow of the Almighty in their situations. And I pray that we could face the fear together, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That today that we're more of the church, not so much in the four walls, but God, we're the church because of who you are on the inside. And Father, I pray that you, you move us to make those phone calls. You move us to make those Facebook messages. You move us to do the Twitters and, and all the other, God, the technology, uh, Lord, avenues that we have to connect. But God, may it be God breathe. I pray that we would be focused, Jesus, on you, that to be of good courage, that you are present, you're evident. I pray that we could turn our hearts toward you. I pray this would be a place of such revival that would go on in your church, across all denominations, across all nations and barriers. May this be such a catalyst to draw us into your arms, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. We lean into you, not our own understanding in these times. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.